0: Pro sports players around the world rely on G-Tech Apparel's patented technology to keep their hands warm for hours during games. You can get the same hand warmers that players in the NFL, NBA, MLB, and PGA Tour trust. Head over to gtechapparel.com or gtechapparel.ca using the promo code ONTHESCREWS, good for 20% off. gtechapparel.com or gtechapparel.ca using the promo code ONTHESCREWS, good for 20% off. Defeat the cold.
1: Three shots four par. I just do two. One putt. Put Part four. Birdie. Woohoo. New driver. Info. Replace. Into. Part five. Fairway. What you fin Think I'll try to get on into. Start right. Good line. Good view. Andrew. Shooter. Make Gavin. Shoot on- okay. okay.
2: Yep. The million dollar question.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, um,
1: That's some bad ones, trust me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This part probably stays in because it's just challenging is the
2: word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've we've let
2: let it be known.
0: (laughs) I've struggled through a few, and then I have that Canadian accent, so it's made it sound even worse. But
2: yeah. Living. Living.
0: Monica living. Okay. Living. 2023. (laughs) Well, episode number 124. 2023 World Long Drive Mesquite Nevada Champion.
2: Yes that Rest. is me. <laughs> I like it.
0: That's a good title. That's a good title. Yes. Um, so we're fresh off of it. It's, uh, it's just a few days later. And, mm-hmm. uh, I guess that was Sunday, right? Sunday. That yeah, wrapped yep. up? Yep, um, Sunday. so maybe we can jump in Monica. You can just tell us, uh, listeners here who you are and maybe, uh, just give us an idea of the experience this past weekend and then we can, uh, we can dive in a little deeper. I'm sure.
2: Yeah. So I guess a little about me. So, um, I just turned 25. So I'm 25 and I'm originally from a small town in Illinois called Geneseo. So shout out Geneseo. Um, It's a town of like 6,000 people. Um, Then I played division one college golf at Arkansas state university in Jonesboro, Arkansas. So that brought me down to the South. And then I originally came to Denver, Colorado, where I am now um, for a job. So I used to work for like a large defense contractor and I managed NASA contracts and stuff like that. And then I have since switched careers and I work as a full-time real estate agent. Sure. So, yeah, so that's kind of what got me to Colorado. Um but yeah, that's a little bit background wise. Um but yeah, I mean, this weekend was wild. It was it, I feel like it happened so fast, but it was really, really fun. And I definitely felt a lot of different emotions. So,
0: <laughs> so NASA defense contracts and now you're yes. selling homes. Okay. Yes. We yes. can, uh, we can get into that a little bit, yes. maybe a little bit later. We might move back to that. That's pretty yeah. interesting stuff. But, um, yep. so we're in, uh, we're in Colorado. We got a friend down there, Jake Malley. Do you know Jake Malley by chance? I pretty, don't think so. Pretty good golfer. Hits it a long okay, ways cool. too. Yeah.
2: Cool.
0: Um, but yeah, it would, uh, it'd be pretty wild. Have you been competing in long drive for some time now?
2: So I'm actually fairly new. Um, it's actually like a funny story how I got involved in long drive. Um, but last year when it was PLDA, I did three total events. So this was actually my fourth event, um, competing in long drive. So definitely kind of considered a rookie for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm still very new to it. I obviously, you know, played Division 1 golf, so I have general golf experience for sure. Um, but definitely, you know, new, new to the the world of, you know, long drive. So
0: Always hitting it long though? Always always hitting a long ball?
2: Yeah, um, you know, it was definitely always my strength when I was competing in, you know, competitive golf. Um, it was always kind of my strategy and definitely the thing that I had to even reel in a little bit when I was playing competition golf, because sometimes, you know, when you're playing competition golf and you hit it far, farther than average, you know, you put yourself in positions that, you know, a lot of people tend to not be in. So sometimes it can actually put you in more trouble when you hit it far. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, do. Don't know. I,
0: I do that. Bryce does yeah. that. that. has nothing to do yeah. with how long we hit it though.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know. That. It's the good old, you know, drive at 300 yards, chunk your chip. So yeah, that type of thing.
1: Sorry, yeah. my golf game right there.
0: Yeah. Mine's yep. like, Drive it, yeah, three hundred yards and forty yards to the right, or
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So and then hey, find, I do it
2: too. It's okay. <laughs> find
0: your way from there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so you're you're kind of just moving on to long drive. Like this is this is what you're training for. This is what you want to do now. Competitive golf is is behind you, or well, competitive. Yeah. Eighteen hole golf. Now we're into yeah. long drive. Yeah. yeah yeah so
2: yeah, I would say so. I think you know, I competed um I didn't really start golfing until I was about twelve. I kind of decided on golf like right before high school, and then I got obsessed with it, practice all the time, you know, thankfully, was able to play in college. Um, but now, kind of you know, after playing you know in college and having about ten years of competition experience, i you know, definitely had some like mental game struggles in college. I lost, you know, a lot of confidence and, you know, kind of started to doubt myself in general. And I actually ended my career in COVID. Mm. So I was a COVID good old COVID grad. Um, so, you know, I kind of like hung up the cleats if you will, for a little bit. And then I got involved in long drive in a funny way. And it was, it's been just like a really nice, refreshing experience in golf that is fun and, exciting and Let's me just, you know, display my talents in a new way that I never really thought I was going to be able to. So it's really refreshing.
1: Did uh, I want to get into a bit about how you kind of got into it? Um, yeah. Did it, was it because you kind of lost confidence in your golf game? Why you wanted to try something new kind of like that? Or like you you said, there's a funny story. There's something else involved, I assume. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, after I graduated, I was kind of ready to just like take a breather, take a break. And I did, I think I didn't swing for like, I want to say six months, which was the longest I had taken off since I started when I was 12. Um, And then I, I got back into golf and of course, you know, I'm playing the best golf of my life. Right. And so I'm, you know, I love the game again. I'm, I'm back playing golf. And I was actually playing in a scramble um, at Arrowhead country club here in Colorado. It's gorgeous. Um, I was playing in a scramble and there was a long driver on the course. His name is Andrew Eigner. Um, He actually competed this weekend in the amateur division and he bombed one like 451 in the amateurs So he's great. Um, but yeah, so I was playing in a scramble out there and I drove the green right next to the tee box that he was standing on. And so I like almost hit him and he comes up to me and he's like, do you always hit it that far? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I guess so, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like pretty casual. I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's Colorado. Um, And so then we, we met up later at the pro shop and we just like got to talking and everything. And he was like, I'd love to see, you know, your numbers in a radar system and see what kind of numbers you have cuz that's, you know, pretty impressive. So then, you know, a couple months go by. I don't pick up a club again. I hadn't swung in like 3 months. And then we met up at a driving range and I was a little nervous cuz I'm like, you know, I'm probably not going to, you know, really impress this guy cuz I haven't swung in 3 months right um and then i think i got up to like 168 ball speed that day with my gamer driver um and he was like you know you need to try long drive i think you could have serious talent so i'm like all right whatever i guess i'll try it um so then i you know like kind of practiced a little bit over the winter and then did my very first event in march of 2022
1: you just jumped right in kind
2: of i did i actually uh yeah i did i jumped right in i didn't have like a fitted club for me until um my third event um which was utah last year i ended up winning that one um that was my first one that i won but yeah i was just hitting you know my gamer so i didn't i just kind of went for it so crazy yeah it was fun
0: that's like bryce bryce refuses to get fit for clubs
1: just refuses to i don't refuse i just <laughs> just waiting for somebody for yeah. It. waiting
0: for the pod to get big enough for somebody to right. throw a bag at him and say let's bring yeah. you in and get fit yeah, yeah that's,
2: that's, okay. I I that's okay i understand that's
1: okay fire 74 is what i have somebody like I don't <laughs>
2: yeah that. yeah you still gotta swing it right yeah
1: yeah you gotta, be, go you gotta be you gotta be eight it. years yeah. like i know exactly what they're gonna do every time yeah
2: i used to my college golf team used to give me so much crap because I would play with like the most random balls. Like, I just, you know, I would like find a ball in the woods and I'd be like, oh, great, you know, and yeah, I'd play I it. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, Kirkland's, Kirkland's, like, Kirkland's, Kirkland. yeah. Kirkland's yeah. signatures everywhere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat it. You can't Last beat it.
1: Me a month and a half. I'm, I'm rocking.
0: So, four tournaments later, uh, mm-hmm. Monica Living, Living. Yes. Are in yes. the win in the women's division, out driving six time world champion Sandra. Carl Carl Borg hitting a 350 in the finals. Um, What's that feel like? You know, you're kind of into it. Like I'm, like we watch these events pretty, we had Ryan Gregnell. Ryan Gregnell is a good friend of ours. So he's been on for, um, Ryan and I have been talking the whole time. We've done the pod a couple of times. We talk Sarah all the time. So he's been on a few times. And uh, so I'm always kind of tuning in the feed, checking it out and stuff like that. And it's intense there. Like there's. They're having a lot of fun there. So it's so much fun. What's that final experience like for you going up against me? You know, it's like a six time world champ.
2: I mean, you know, I honestly, you couldn't ask for anything better. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I said this when I got, you know, interviewed after I won, I mean, I used to watch world long drive on the golf channel when I was younger with my dad. So I, you know, know who the legends are and, you know, being in the final two with her was like, is this happening? You know, what a cool opportunity. First of all, regardless of what happens, right? Like that's a super cool opportunity. And
1: especially being on your fourth event too. Yeah. To off, but that's yeah. Early, early yeah.
2: New- it was incredible. It was like, you know, I already had felt like I was just really, I'd, you know, I was so happy just to be in the finals with her and like, just to play, play out that scenario. Right. Cause you imagine things in your head and I'm really big into visualization and manifestation and stuff like that. And I mean, I had, genuinely played out that situation in my head. So to kind of see it come to fruition and see the result was just a really cool moment. Um, and she's such a great person too. So like on top of that, it was just a really cool experience.
0: Do you, uh, do you remember that last set Monica? Like, do you remember how yeah. it kind of unfolded or do you just go blackout for that period of time? Um, and just
2: yeah, yeah. So I definitely, um, I definitely feel like I'm two different people when it comes to like long drive. like you know, I people you know know the Monica outside of when she's competing and then as soon as it's competition day, I definitely turn into a different person um which is fun. That's kind of the fun part of the sport for me too is being able to just, you know, be focused and tunnel vision and I absolutely love it. It's like you know I'm not seeing or hearing anything else. It's awesome. um but yeah, I definitely remember the last set. I remember um, you know, she put up a good number and I was like, all right, Monica, all right, come on, like get it together. Like, let's go. Let's get something out there. And then um I had a, a really solid shot. I think it went 344. Um and then I was down to my last ball. And I think at that point I was like I always kind of have the mindset, at least being this new to the sport, right? I still have so much experience that I need. I still have, you know, the opinion where I'm like, I'm going to give every ball my all, even if I may have already won it. Right. So, you know, I kind of teed up the last one and I'm like, all right, you know what? Give this one everything you got. You owe it to yourself, like put on a show for yourself and see what you can do. And then I actually ended up breaking my um, ball speed record on that ball. Nice. So
1: With what? Or yeah, it was sick. <laughs>
2: um my ball speed record going into that day was 180.2 and i actually i went 183.3 on that ball
1: wow that's a big job so, that that yeah
2: it was yeah and i didn't know until you know i was talking to people after they were like did you see that you hit 183 i was like no i had no idea <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool but
0: you think that's just like a little bit to do with the event everything that's going on like a little bit of extra juice with the adrenaline
2: yeah. hundred percent. I think like, you know, I do, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about training, but like, you know, I do speed sessions to practice, but I'm sure a lot of long drivers would say this, that you cannot replicate the adrenaline that you get when you're on that grid. I, I mean, You can, you can try and that's how you practice, but like you cannot replicate it. And, you know, I just, the adrenaline I felt was insane. And it was like, my mind went numb and I'm you know, at that point, you just kind of have to go off of feel and muscle memory and just let it happen and loosen your body. And I definitely think it was adrenaline <laughs> though. So will a little you, bit of that.
1: Uh, will you take that into consideration on future practicing and stuff and hitting on, um, I don't know what, um, launch yeah. bars you use, but like knowing you can hit that speed now, are you really trying to break yeah. that and gunning for that consistently? Or is that something, you know, like, Hey, I kind of need to be in the situation that, to- get that um, let's not get too upset
2: i think that that's a really good question because you know i was actually i went and watched it back and you know i wanted to see my ball speeds and kind of seeing where they fell consistently actually even surprised me um you know my consistent ball speed was around 175 to 180 Mm -hmm. and you know my personal best being 180.2 you know going into that i was very surprised to see how many times i hit 180 consistently um so I definitely think it's something to take into consideration and you know also not be so hard on yourself as well right like when you're practicing I mean I've had frustrating days too I mean I had a day a couple weeks before the tournament where I was like what the heck is going on like my speed isn't there you know you get you know hard on yourself and it's easy to you know get really mentally down when it comes to long drive
1: well sorry but the reason I say that is because You said it's almost impossible to match that. So I was just kind of, my question, I was wondering if you get kind of frustrated um, knowing you can do it, but it's just like, you can't match that. So,
2: yeah, I think like, it's also the mindset that, you know, at the end of the day, like speed is really important and it definitely, you know, is a huge part of, you know, being successful in the sport. But, you know, at the end of the day, what matters during the competition is what number is called back, right? Mm -hmm. Like the number that's called back is what's important. And, you know, it's, made me feel incredible that I broke my record, but frankly, I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about ball speed. I was thinking distance. I was thinking, you know, freeing my mind, having good mechanics and just hitting the golf ball. So,
0: yeah. Like when talking with uh, Ryan last year, um, Mm -hmm. he was on the, I think they're in the semis and he was right next to Bryson and Bryson was going pretty much five for six or six for six. Right. So yeah, that's attributed to like being a top, at the time, mm-hmm. a top ten golfer in the world, and and you know he's hitting uh pretty much every like that's a it's forty yards wide, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah so that's yards, yeah.
0: like that's two and a half PGA tour, well, some two and a half, at least two fairways wide, right? In uh, in most it's cases, not
1: right? that wide.
0: 40 yards. Yeah. I, I mean, what Bryson is used to hitting though, like oh, if they're yeah, yeah. if he's looking yeah, yeah, at hitting like a 420 yeah. yard par four, like it might be 15 to 18 yards yeah. wide in some spots. Right. So it's, it's kind of, um, makes me think that because you have a competitive golf background, you played division right. one, there's probably a little bit more mechanics yeah. there where, um, like Ryan, Ryan's actually still a pretty good golfer. Like, I think he's only a, a couple points up, but like he's shooting low, mid seventies and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, but he's also hitting the ball. He's what well, we were talking like. I think he's got up to two thirty three or something now, which is wild. Like it's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, insane. Yeah, swing speeds are getting to this this hopefully, height now, and like it's
1: hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. yeah, Bri-
0: <laughs> Bryce will get up there one day. But uh <laughs> it's it's um it's I think there is like a correlation coming and with long drive uh or there is a correlation between the two sports and with with long drive becoming more and more popular we're seeing like a lot of like high-end golfers want to kind of give it a try right and Mm -hmm. you think you kind of maybe consider yourself on like maybe the higher scale of like a better golfer that's moved into the long drive world
2: yeah you know i mean i think playing division one golf i had to you know be at a certain point to get to that point right so i think you know there are certain skills that are required to get to that point first. And then, you mm. know, there's, there's certain level of pressure that, you know, I might be used to specifically in a golf setting that other people might not be. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, that come out from other sports. We have a lot of like baseball, softball, um, you know, things like that, the good old, you know, baseball to golf pipeline. Right. Um, just cause they're very similar. Right. And yeah. I think just like, Having Mm -hmm. any sport background, any high pressure situation background really benefits people. Obviously, ideally, I do think, you know, golf helps the most, but I think anything that like prepares your mind for being in a high pressure situation like that is something that you can, you know, bring into long drive.
0: Yeah. Well, there's Bryce, there was that one young guy uh, Ryan was talking about. Um,
2: Oh, I forget his name. He he was
0: like a pro ball player, I think. I think he was like a pro baseball player in Australia or something, young guy. And he's like, already kind of hitting that 230 mark and he's just Mm -hmm. like hitting 450 hour drives and stuff, which is crazy. And, yeah, you know, but one of the things you hear all the time and like to kind of go back to how you simulate that on grid experience and you Mm -hmm. hear it all the time, like boxers can't, like you can't mimic being, or you can't simulate being punched in the face. Right. Like if, if that's your sport and you're being punched in the face, like you have to train that way. Right. So do you do anything different when you're training to try to like, bring up that intensity
2: yeah so um so kind of how i really you know what kind of like catapulted me to the next level in long drive was getting involved with my coach so my coach is bobby peterson with one stop power shop um he's the best in my opinion And um, it sounds like it,
0: man. It's like, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He
2: he's a magician. It's awesome. So he, you know, kind of how I got, you know, I started working with Bobby, you know, I, I did my first two events and in my second event, I, um, I had a perfect thousand with my gamer. So I was hitting, you know, my gamer driver and I did the perfect thousand in the round Robin. Then I lost in the semis. Um, and then after that, I kind of felt like a little ambiguous over it. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't really know where to start with clubs. I don't really know what the heck I'm doing. So I kind of like put it on the back burner for a little bit and didn't do the next like one or two events. So he, you know, called me up and he's like, Hey, why aren't you, you know, competing? And I kind of just voiced, you know, I'm not really sure where to start with clubs. So he helped me, you know, figure out what to hit. And then I went to the next event in Utah, like a week later, and then I won it. Um, so kind of shows also what coaching and equipment can do. Um, But yeah, to answer your question, right, like what I do to prepare, um, I then started working with him more. And, you know, a big thing that we work on obviously is mechanics, right? Like breaking down the swing first and then adding speed to it later. That was a huge thing for me. Um, But then also an even more important thing for me is speed sessions. So I had never done a speed session i didn't know what the heck it was and basically the concept is you want to hit you know as many balls as you can as fast as you can because it conditions your body to swing faster and it's it's really intense yeah Yeah. it's really intense and um at the utah event we actually talked a lot about like i had like a really high heart rate just like sitting there i think i was because i get very competitive and my, I get really pumped up, which is great, but you have to be able to like manage it. And, um, I had like some health stuff that I was also dealing with. So I had to make sure I was, you know, mitigating my heart rate and everything on top of that. Um, and my heart rate was like a hundred miles. It was like a hundred beats per minute or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. when I was just sitting there. So we definitely work on like getting my heart rate up and then breathing correctly, working on my breathing patterns. Um, and really just hitting golf balls as fast as you can so the first time i did a speed session i think i got up to like 75 balls and i was like gassed i was mm-hmm. exhausted and then um just a couple of weeks ago i went back and i did like 150 balls 175 balls like and you're going like you know full steam ahead yeah. so yeah that's and like the best one practice. after another
1: after another right like you're not pausing yeah No,
2: no. I mean, and I also, I'm also like some, everyone's kind of different, like how they like fluidly move from each shot. I'm like very fast turnaround. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I'm like trying to keep my heart rate up, but then I have to remember when to stop and breathe. Because if you're like, you know, you're in that fight or flight mode, your muscle, your like fast twitch muscles are gonna, you know, be working too quickly. So I always have to remember to like slow myself down. So when I'm in a competition, you'll see me like I take my time. I breathe because I already have, you know, I already have a lot of adrenaline, so I can take my time on top of that in competition.
0: Do you so. find that, uh, there's more time than you think? Like we've heard that a few times. There's, there's more time yeah. than you think to kind of get. There set. totally yeah. is. Yeah,
2: there totally is. I think when I first started, I mean, this happens to a lot of people cause you feel that pressure and there's a clock and you know, all that stuff. Like when I first started, I mean, I think I like my first few sets ever, I had like, I hit all my balls in like a minute and a half or something. wild. Yeah. And now, and then when I competed in Utah last year, I like almost ran out of time because I was taking too much time. So it's kind of funny, like going from one extreme to the other and just, you know, really learning your pacing is super important.
0: Is there like a, like being the level of golfer that you are, Monica, like first, do you have a tough time finding the grid at times? And secondly, do you have like a strategy that you approach the grid with or the the block with? Like, are you just trying to get one in play early kind of, you know? Get yourself into like a safety zone or a safe net and then kind of give it all from there or like i know you yeah. mentioned you just go all out for all of them
2: yeah so that's that's a good question so i'd say it's like a mix of both so you know i um i think inevitably like everyone has ob sets right um mm-hmm. i actually have found i tend to average you know i've had one ball sets i've had four ball sets um at this past tournament, I think I averaged around three in um, per um, each time. So On I was definitely six
0: for anybody listening. Six.
2: Yes, right. three out of six. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know that was definitely solid. I had a couple that were. Um. I think I was more so impressed with my consistency of everything. I think that's where I saw the most growth was. You know, I had a couple of sets where I had you know. 345, 350 355 all in one set and I think that that was you know the biggest gain for me was just showing the consistency and the distance um but the approach <laughs> I definitely think that um I definitely get you know I'm sure if you've ever like competed right in a high pressure situation a lot of people know what I mean when I say you get like tunnel vision like yeah. people yeah. could be talking to me I don't hear you you know, yeah. like I get tunnel vision and it's the best feeling ever. if You felt it. Right. And, you know, and it's perfect for a grid, right. You have tunnel vision and you're looking down a grid. So it's kind of ideal. Um, You know, and I'm not perfect. I definitely hit a lot of them out of bounds, but I think that, you know, I definitely try to bring a level of focus to the day of that allows me to have that tunnel vision. And I think that, you know, I always try to get, you know, one of the first balls in, just get a number on the grid, you know, find your, find your momentum. And then, once I kind of put a good number up, depending on, you know, how things are looking in that set, I'll either, you know, step on it. Maybe I'll try a different club, see how that's feeling for the day. Cause you know, the round Robin is, is important. It, it you know, it seeds you and everything and the rest of the competition, but you know, you don't have to win every set to get into the fight, like the top eight. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it's good to play around and like, Hey, how am I hitting this club today versus this club and stuff like that.
1: So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you step up in your first set and Put four of the f- four of the six balls in the grid. I mean, your confidence is sky high going to the next set, correct? Like yeah, you're totally. At at Out you know, to of your shoes, you're. Yeah. You're
2: good. Yeah, I think like you know the mindset for me is you know I've done everything I can to prepare, right? And it's like you know you put in the work, you work on the mechanics, you work on your speed, and that's a an, you know, the grid is an opportunity to just showcase it, mm-hmm. right? So like in my head, I'm like you know in the nicest way I can say this, I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm worried about me. I'm, you know, I can't control what anyone else hits. I can't control what anyone else does. I can only control myself. So, you know, going into it with the mindset of like, like I'm going to give it my best each set and that might look different every time. Right. And for each person, um, but just kind of having the mindset that like each shot right in front of you is the most important and not thinking too far ahead.
0: So. So sorry, Bryce. Um, With that, with that, Monica, do you see your competitors at all? Like when you have the blinders on, like, do you have an idea if somebody's put a good one out there? Like, I'm sure you can tell by a bit of the reaction or something like that, like, but, or you just
2: totally focused on your own. Yeah, I think that for the most part, I, um, and and it sounds kind of like, you know, weird to say this, but I'm not really thinking about like, oh, I'm hitting against this person or, oh, I'm hitting against this person. Like, I'll take a look over and I'm like, oh, I see this number you know, I see someone just bombed one 340. Okay, cool. I need to go bomb one further. Okay. So you can see,
0: you can see that in the moment. mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, You're really just trying to prove to yourself here. You're not really trying to beat anyone else. You're almost just trying to put the ball you can put on no matter what. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's like, you know, and, and everyone's, you know, everyone's swings are so different. We're all different people who have different strengths. And I think, you know, I like to, and I also just find that it's, you know, sometimes it's fun. Like when you go head to head with someone, right. Um, like when I went head to head with, um, Devin, you know, we were roomies and, you know, we're good friends. So that's also fun. And of course I know, you know, who I'm competing against and of course in the finals with Sandra. Um, but I think overall when you're, when I'm doing round Robin, I'm just like, Hey, let's just get some balls in play. Let's find our groove, you know? And then, you know, with the end goal being, I find myself in the finals and then I get to go all out like I did with being the end goal. So
0: can we, uh, can we get into a couple of plans for 2023?
2: Sure.
0: What do you, yeah. uh, what do you have up next? Like, what do you, um, we'll get into the training a little bit. Uh, definitely yeah. it's, it's a fascinating part for us to kind of hear about, uh, I don't know, just hearing all the different training types and like some guys are like swinging baseball bats and stuff. And like, yeah. that's what Ryan was saying, which is pretty, that kind of caught me off guard. And then we got into a 40 mm-hmm. minute baseball chat for a while, but, right. <laughs> uh, but you know, is there, is, do you have anything immediate that you're planning for? Um, any other breaks scheduled or is there anything that you're kind of any events that you're working towards? You're going to hopefully play the whole, the whole circuit, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So my goal is to do every event. Um, that's my goal. And, you know, the next one is in Hope Sound, Florida. So looking forward to that one, um, obviously going to be a little bit of a different grid than, you know, in the desert at Mesquite. So going to kind of just work on you know, some things that I might need to pay more attention to there. Um, but yeah, really, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, not, don't change what's working. Right. And just keep kind of doing what you're doing. And, you know, I think it's just because you win doesn't mean you stop working. Right. So um still doing the same thing and working hard and, you know, proper nutrition, good sleep, all the good stuff, you know, just the same things and just get prepped to do it again. Right. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so there's going to be a lot of, or not a lot, but there are two day events now, right?
2: Yeah, well, so it tends to be um, a little bit longer for the open division just because they have a lot more um, players. But the the women do tend to do all of ours in one day. We usually have around like 16 to 24.
1: Right.
2: Um, So, yeah, typically all in one day, which is like a whole other part of strategy, right, is, you know, conditioning yourself for doing all of this in one day. So that's another part. You're hitting
1: a lot of balls in one day. Yeah.
2: Yeah yeah
1: so so you should
0: like when you're showing up can you kind of take us through what the day looks like when you're kind of showing up to an event maybe even like the past one in mesquite
2: yeah yeah so i um you know i'm naturally very competitive so i mean any competition day i mean i wake up like first thing in the morning and i'm just like you know my heart my heart rate's already there like i'm like all right let's let's simmer down let's like you know I do some journaling. I just, you know, read, I, you know, do some meditation, stuff like that, just to like manage my heart rate, um, and my breathing to kind of prepare myself for later in the day. Cause it is exhausting, right? Like if you wake up with your heart rate super high, cause you're excited, I mean, you're going to tank at three in the afternoon. Right. So, you know, just kind of, you know, maintaining just a level head throughout the morning and then, um, not going to the grid too early, too late timing it right. Um, you know, things like that. And, Not over swinging on the range, just getting warm because, you know, I definitely think that's something that I bring into long drive from competitive golf is understanding the difference between the range and in this case, the grid, you know, because sometimes you can hit it like crap and on the range and then you go out and have the best day of your life. Right. I'm sure we've all been there or vice versa. You know, so just kind of like, hey, the purpose of this is to warm up and get loose. And then I'm going to go do what I need to do on the grid.
0: Quick break from the pod. Mac here from Manscaped, introducing the Beard Hedger from our friends over at Manscaped. With 20 different lengths, you can look good from the cart path to the clubhouse. Shop manscaped.com using the promo code OTSGOLF for 20% off plus free shipping. Shop any and all Manscaped products at manscaped.com using the promo code OTSGOLF for 20% off plus free shipping. We'll see um, on the back. About nine. like
2: getting super pumped up and like wanting to hit a ton more balls. Like that totally happens to me because yeah, I ha- I'm have. i really like on competition day, I like put my headphones in and I have like a whole playlist and it's, you know, a whole thing. And, you know, the type of music I listen to gets me like so pumped up that I'm like, okay, Monica, you need to like relax a little bit, save it because my music definitely pumps me up. So,
1: so you're definitely yeah. a little superstitious by the sounds of it
2: superstitious i don't know about superstitious but well, I, love... I mean if
1: you're playing the same playlist every
2: event... so i'm a... not superstitious
0: I like... but i'm a little stitious Michael well, Scott.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i have like a cure it's more so about having like a curated vibe to my music okay. like i'm not like gonna a... be list you know yeah okay. not superstitious can, not
0: can superstitious. we can we get a tune can we is there yeah, a yeah, well i
2: guess i guess a good question what type of music do you think i listen to <laughs>
0: okay
1: um like before an event you're talking like what's gonna get you going
2: yeah yeah Uh yeah what gets me going curious i mean i
1: can't imagine it's anything like
0: i'm gonna go i'm gonna (sighs) go with like i'm gonna go with eminem i'm just gonna
2: okay good good answer
0: yeah okay all right
2: bryce what's yours
1: i mean (laughs) like it's such a tough question because i'm like I'm such a big music guy, but, like, something that gets me fired up would, like, I'm just going to say old, like, old school, like, 90s rock.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, I I really like listening to heavy metal.
1: Okay. I was going <laughs> to.
2: <laughs> I knew you were going to, too. You were trying to not say that. I didn't want but... to, like. Oh, I know. That's. Yeah. Oh, I was like, going to you know, say. I like, I like really... a, a mix of, like, hard rock, classic rock, and, like, heavy yeah. metal is my go-to. Like, if I had a walkout so- song, it would probably be, like, Bowls on Parade. Honestly.
1: You know? okay. Okay. i'm yeah. not the biggest yeah. fan personally but i know it gets intense
2: yeah 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 oh yeah That's it gets me pumped a, up I was, I
1: was gonna say it you're not That's a
0: rage a, against machine fan bryce pardon rage against the machine not a fan no <laughs> not it's even classic. a clue who it, they are or what? Just, not even
2: guitar hero guitar hero 3. Oh, i mean come I on it,
0: tony hawk it, pro it,
1: skater it. If I heard it, I would know it. How old old am I? Oh, my goodness. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. There's even songs. I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but there's even songs like now that I can sing every word to that I can't tell you what it's called or who sings it. That's fair. That's fair. but But yeah. That's,
2: yeah, my, that's
0: like, my answer. It's like <laughs> we'll definitely into- a playlist thing for us, right? We get to just like roll through a playlist and you hear such good music and you don't look at who it is. It's like nobody knows anybody's phone number anymore and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 You just, yeah. It's it's kind of how it is, right? But yeah. Um,
1: to get into training a little bit. Uh, I'll yeah. segue. Listen to this segue, Mac. You like this one? Do you? When you do your speed training, do you still listen to that same playlist?
2: oh my gosh yes i do yeah so it's actually really funny whenever um i typically do speed sessions when i go to train with bobby and they're you know they're used there's usually like you know quite a few other hitters in and out and everything and it's it's super funny the people that like haven't been around me yet because i'll you know i'll get ready for my speed session and you know we put on a playlist and he has great speakers and i'm like all right put on like the heavy metal station on spotify and then like everyone's like what the heck is she <laughs> and That's it just like funny. starts screaming but I like it gets me going I don't know it's it is what it is uh-huh. I I love it I love my hey, whatever you know. works I mean it works yeah. like whatever there's there's my recipe everybody heavy metal
0: <laughs> yeah how could you not now I'm just like yeah. I just have so it in how, my uh, brain I, I don't want to sing what's your,
1: but... what's your training schedule look like like a week like are you going in like every day of the week or are you going in three days a week kind of how, how's that work?
2: yeah I th- So that's a good question. Um, the time of year for me definitely affects that because I'm in Denver. Right. So, um, you know, and it can get expensive to hit indoors. So, you know, in the winter, I try to go about like two to three times a week and I try to focus obviously on, you know, quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, you know, I would rather have like two to three really good sessions a week than, you know, try to hit every day and I'm not accomplishing anything. Um, and so it totally varies. I just try to like listen to my body. Cause at the end of the day, like if I'm hurt, I won't be able to compete. So, yeah. you know, I try to listen to my body and, you know, some weeks that's, you know, three, four times. Sometimes in the winter, I'm talking that'd be like two, you know, um, Whatever kind of like feels right for my body that week in the winter, especially, um, in the summer, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see because this is my first full year competing. So now I have, you know, all of this behind me and I'm really pumped and it's actually going to be a lot of new stuff for me this year because I, you know, didn't really fully get committed and excited about long drive until like the second half of last year. So it's actually like a whole new thing for me too. So I'm kind of excited to see like how that plays out. So.
0: So if you're doing like, uh, you know, three, four days a week, some kind of training, there'll be like weight Mm -hmm. training and stuff like that. I'm sure mixed in, will you kind of do like speed training on one day and then you're working on like, you know, mechanics another couple days or something like that? Or or are you trying to do a little bit of everything each day you go out or do you kind of tailor it specific, you know, with, uh, to kind of maybe something you're missing even at that time?
2: Right. Yeah. Like it totally changes, you know, it kind of depends on, you know, kind of how I've been hitting it lately. If there's something specific I've been working on my goal, like the entire winter, I went and saw Bobby for the first time, like last November and I was hitting like every ball on the heel. So like I was not making solid contact. So the entire winter, like what I worked on was hitting the center of the club face. And it sounds so simple until you're swinging fast and you're like, okay, I guess it's not that easy to hit the center of the club face. So like, that's an example where like I was like, so, you know, I wasn't hitting necessarily, you know, 150 balls every time but i was hitting you know 70 focused shots on what i was trying to focus on yeah so you know maybe that's impact one day maybe that's you know my sequencing one day and my tempo you know maybe it's speed some days so um i definitely do speed sessions a few times whenever i see bobby because it's a good atmosphere he's my coach so he knows my swing um and being around like other people like watching me helps me like get amped up so that helps with speed sessions sometimes it's kind of hard to like walk into like you know a recreational facility where you're hitting with other people and like i can't turn my metal on there so you know kind of just have to you know alter it to what fits best that day
1: when you say uh hitting the center club face is such a small thing it's really not though like when yeah, you're swinging huge. the club that fast though it's not mm-hmm. like all these pros hitting the center of club face every time like they're not swinging it out of their shoes like they are right they have their swing to hit the fairway and the center of the club face every single time. When you're swinging that fast, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I, mean, I know for a because I tried to get them out there and it's not easy yep. to find the center of that face so
2: yeah and especially like transitioning from you know like your typical golf swing into like a long drive swing i mean that was like a total adjustment oh, I bet. you know yeah. like it was like kind of like you have to like relearn your entire body body like you have to understand like my timing was totally different my tempo was different i have a longer club so i mean when i first got like my longer club i literally hit like six inches behind the ball for like three weeks it was ridiculous yeah. so you know there's just so much you have to adjust
0: So when you're saying that you're hitting it off the heel, is that like a typical pattern for you? Like, do you, do you kind of get it on the inside a little bit?
2: A little bit. Yeah. I would say that I, I definitely do get it on the inside a little bit. When I played, um, competitive golf, I, my, you know, miss, if you will, was, you know, a draw or hook. So that's kind of just what my swing has, you know, been aligned with now that can be, you know, beneficial in long drive, you know, with, if I ever wanted to play a draw, depending on the day, um,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. So that, that helps for sure. Cause it's na- more natural for me. Um, but, you know, as I've gotten into long drive, I've definitely noticed that I have, you know, a little bit more ability to change my shot shape just because I understand more now that I've started working with Bobby. Um, I understand my swing even more now. So.
1: Well, yeah, it's that's a lot more exaggerated too, with the amount of spin you guys are putting on the ball with this, with the mm-hmm. speed. I mean, it's more exaggerated, yeah. now, like left, right with how yeah. oh, fast that ball's moving.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking too, like having such a strong golf background, like if you're ballooning mm -hmm. the ball, like, or something like that, you would have an idea of, you know, maybe I'm hitting a little off the toe or, you know, maybe I'm hitting a little off the heel or whatever it is. Like you would have maybe a better understanding than just somebody who's just like a a long driver. Like they're just in the game to hit the ball as far as they can. You have like a lot more mechanical aspects to your game that maybe, you know, some of the competitors might not. Right. So that is nice to kind of, I'm sure to have that transition a little bit.
2: Well, that's why I think like the women's division is so impressive in general. I mean, like every single woman that came out, like impresses me, right? Because like not everyone has a competitive golf background and they still go out there and, you know, hit it really fast and hit it far. And it's just so impressive. And Mm -hmm. I think that it that's why it's so entertaining to watch women, right? Because a lot of people like to think, oh, you know, women don't hit it very far. And, you know, I've posted videos before where I've hit 180 and people love to say, oh, I'm sure it wasn't straight, you know? And so it's, you know, it's being a woman in long drive. I think it's just really cool and really empowering to see how many women come out and even what they don't have a golf background, go out there and kill it. So sure. I just think it's super impressive. Yeah. It just
1: yeah. sucks. there's always going to be those people and no matter what you do, uh, there,
2: there always will be. It's fine. It, it rolls off be. the back. It's like, whatever, you're not out here doing it. So whatever. Sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So just to, uh, just to give a couple numbers here, the, uh, tour average, men's tour average is around one, between 170 and 180. Tiger Woods cruising speed is like 172 or something like that. So um, this probably is gets with a the
1: driver, correct? Yeah, yeah, with the driver. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So tour average is uh, around 180 and LPGA, um, you know, you're floating 40 points higher, 40 miles per hour higher. So it's, uh, it's impressive to be able to see those numbers. That's. That's fast. I think it's a lot faster than people realize too, right? If you kind of set yourself up and I don't know, go into a a simulator, you should have a look at that swing speed number. Have you ever
1: done it, Matt? Have you ever seen what? Like, Yeah. 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 I can get
0: it up there. um, I've never done it. Some days. And uh, I actually have a, did you meet Kelly... Kelly, uh, oh, Kelly Rodney? Awesome. Rodney, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, she's awesome. Yeah. Kelly's awesome. I met her at yes. a tournament, um, in, in, called Dundas. Uh, it was at Dundas uh, Valley. Um, and she was on the 10th tee. I hit a really good one, but we were able to use her shot. And she, uh, yes. she hit a pretty good one too. We were on a par five and just like smoked my buddies. It was great. Yeah. So yeah. Really, she's badass. Really cool. She's yeah.
2: awesome. She's got some serious speed too. So she's, yeah, yeah she's and awesome. And that's,
0: that's kind of like, when I think about it, like she's, I don't know about her golf game, but she looks like a pure long driver. Like she looks like that's yeah. like, she can just move it. Like she can move the yeah, club fast. Right. So, yeah. um, and like, obviously she puts in a ton of training and it's, it's really yes. impressive. So I've been able yeah. to see her, she did have a long drive driver with her and I don't know, She's probably putting out there like middle of July regular conditions like she had it out there over 300 for sure yeah. so it's, yeah uh, she's
2: super she's super solid and she's a really hard worker too so i love Kelly. she's awesome. yeah
0: yeah it was kind of <laughs> cool to uh to kind of to see we had uh, another lady uh, another young girl she was like 16 i think she won the canadian oh. uh she won like the canadian amateur and then uh oh. canadian like long drive amateur championship and then um i think she her name's uh, zana zana i think okay. maybe so but, uh, we, she hit one on the first tee for us and she probably hit it like 290. She's 16. Nice. It was awesome, awesome to watch. Like she just yes. crushed it. And she actually Broke had like, the game. She, the game. yeah, she like, she had beautiful tempo too. Like, I think, I think she's a really high end golfer too. Like, I think she's, yeah. she's already shooting like in the seventies and stuff, which was pretty impressive. But, um. Nice. Can we, uh, can we go back to the NASA defense contracts? <laughs> Are Hold we, on. Uh, can,
1: I, uh, can I ask one more golf? Yeah. Yeah. we go, so. Um, are you into like the clubs and the gear and stuff? Do you know a lot about your drivers or not? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, I, yeah, I can tell you like what you, I hit. Oh, so I know
1: um, the man, I mean, I don't know. It might be very similar to you guys, but I know they go real low, like three degrees, four degrees, and pretty much virtually no loft on their driver and yeah. some pretty stiff shafts. Um, what yeah. are you? Getting? So
2: um when I competed in college, it's actually super funny. I used to struggle with how high I hit it. Like, I would hit it so high. So in college, I competed with, like, an 875 driver, and I still mm-hmm. was hitting it so high. Um, And now that I'm, like, used to my driver, it's, like, funny because I'm hitting it similarly. Um, but I hit, you know, Callaway Epic Heads, and they're set at about 5 degrees. So I have... Mm-hmm five degree heads. And then, um, I use kinetics shafts. So I use the one that's my go-to is the LD 30 plus. So a bit stiffer. Um, I just, it's, it's the one I like, like, I love that one. Um, a lot of the women use the, the D 10, um, by kinetics, which is also a super good one. I actually brought that one out with me as well during the competition. I just tend to not use it as much. My dispersion is better with the LD 30, but, um, you know, during competition this time, I there were a couple times where I'm like, I need to, you know, get it higher, um, because my apexes were a little, getting a little low, so I needed to get it a little bit higher. So that's when I pulled out my D10, put put it up a little bit to end up at like six. Mm-hmm. So I, I go anywhere from like five and a half to six. Usually, what
1: are those shafts like? What are they relative to? Like a men's extra stiff, a men's stiff, a ladies flex? Like yeah. You-
2: yeah so the the d10 is probably more similar to a ladies um and then the 30 plus is you know something very stiff so it's the one of the more stiffer options i think it might even i could be wrong it's one of the more stiffer options yeah
1: i saw mac did you see the instagram video of martin his driver no he's got yeah (laughs) he's got the paradigm and he used a ladies flex shaft that he just Mm -hmm. could he literally just goes like this and bends the thing in half and happens. Yeah. And he's just figured out where, like, the whip point of it is and just get across its feet out of it. Yeah.
2: If you can get your timing right with it. Yeah. Like, the timing but, thing was kind of, you know, because in college, I mean, I played, you know, men's stiff.
1: Yeah, I found so for that me, that pretty-
2: that's probably why I like the LD thirty, mm. is because it's more it feels similarly to that. Whereas yeah. you know I'm not used to the D ten as much. I'm definitely working on it because I can benefit a lot from the height that I get from it. Um, but my go to is definitely the LD thirty. I know like so. people
0: kind of dabbled with the Autoflex a little bit. That's a super expensive shaft to uh, to be trying to I don't know whip that thing around and your back to like eight mm-hmm. or $900 us or something like that. But, uh, yeah. Ryan was using the TPT too. And I can't remember the stats he had on it, but yeah, like it's, the idea is to just find that, uh, I guess that bend point, like you say, or that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that whip point, like that kick yeah. point yeah. up top almost like uh, it's hard, really hard to like think of that. It's like trying to think that it is a tempo thing. It's just so fast. Yeah. Just so fast. It a big, is. A big
1: I adjustment. Feel like-
2: Go ahead, go
1: ahead sorry i feel like if you can get your hands that far in front of that, sh- that club head and you and it's just gonna whip like you're gonna gain so much more speed and if you can time that to keep the ball straight i mean you go, essentially go as soft as you can right because you're gonna gain that much more whip coming through the ball if you can time it obviously
2: yeah yeah i think like it was a huge adjustment for me just from um like the stiffness wise, because when I first started, you know, using the LD30, because it it was stiff. And like I said, I had taken so much time off of golf that I went from like, you know, hitting balls every day for like 10 years to taking six months off, eight months off. And then when I got back into it and I had the LD30, like I had like, you know, my forearms were hurting and I had like my wrists were hurting and now I'm like conditioned and it's fine. But it was funny because for a while I was like taping my wrists because I wasn't used to, you know, the stiffness of it yet. So it's just kind of funny to see how you get used to it all. All
0: right. NASA defense contracts. (laughs) Sorry. This is, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm just kind of curious. How did you like, is it something like you majored in to get into, uh, into that field? Is it something that you got? Yeah. Like how did this happen? So it
2: sounds, it sounds really sexy. It's not as sexy as it sounds. Um, but you know, so, um, in college I majored in global supply chain management So I have a degree in that. Um, And I did two internships with this company and, you know, eventually got asked to, you know, start full-time in Colorado. So that's kind of what got me out here. Um, And I worked in subcontracting. So basically what I did was I managed um, like smaller third tier suppliers who were building um, the Orion space shuttle. So um, I just kind of managed like time and material contracts and helped manage like the engineers who were building it and everything from a contractual perspective. So yeah in a sense managed you know nasa money i think it was like 80 million dollars but
1: that's cool and crazy that like i mean i do it on like a very very small scale obviously with like um, like construction like um like all our subcontractors like our drywalls but i mean on that big of a level were there multiple people doing what you were doing or were you kind of like on the same job i mean
2: yeah, so we had, um, at the time, doing the exact same, like, level of work as me. We had, I think, like, three people in our department that were doing that. On one
1: job at every time?
2: Um, so yeah. how it kind of worked was we each had, like, you know, our own... Um, you know, contractors that we managed and everything and they were just dispersed evenly. But yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, it was a cool project. I just, you know, wasn't passionate about it. And so that's <laughs> why I switched careers, but, um, definitely cool to say out loud. Right. So yeah,
0: really, yeah. A
2: cool experience. Yeah. I'm thankful for it.
0: Have you been to area 51?
2: <laughs> I have not. That would have been awesome. I know I have people like ask me that all the time. They're like, you know, so Are are there aliens? I'm like, okay, that was, uh, first of all, like, (laughs) even if I knew, I couldn't tell you.
0: Aliens. Did you ask you about right aliens? Yeah. Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. Sorry. My notes yeah. are so bad. And yeah, uh, what, yeah it it was is Elon Musk and alien was one of my other ones.
2: So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, I did like proposals too. So, you know, competed against his company on some proposals, but oh, cool. yeah, it was, um, it was a fun job. I learned a lot, just not what I was passionate about and life's too short to not do stuff you're passionate yeah. about. So.
0: Yeah. Like, I guess, that whole like aerospace world would be, excuse me, like very difficult if you weren't used to, or like, how do you, how do you find your way into that? Right. Like if you're doing like financial contracts and stuff like that and I don't know, it would also be, um, I think it would be really difficult to work with people who are super passionate about that too, if that Mm -hmm. wasn't like your thing that you wanted to do. Right. So,
2: yeah, um, yeah, totally. I think. Cause I wasn't.
0: Yeah. Like, so what brought you into the real estate world? Was that something that you wanted to, to always kind of explore? Or?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So when I was like growing up, my dad, um, he like would flip properties here and there and I was young and, you know, on my summer vacation, I would go with him and help paint and just explore the house and whatever. And so I've always, you know, been super into it and I really believe in like the, you know, the financial part of investing in real estate as well. So I really believe in like the investing of real estate too. I find it super fascinating and, you know, I nerd out about it a lot. So I like the fun, fluffy part of it, like, you know, the fun HGTV version of it, but I also like, right. you know, the numbers and the investment side of it as well. And I also just like people and I wanted a job where, you know, I actually felt like I was impacting someone and, you know, got to work with, you know, people I love and help people and make a difference. And so that's kind of what, you know, led me to it. I, love people and i also like the product if you will so
1: are you flipping houses at all or just kind of
2: so not yet i would like to Mm -hmm. um so you know being in denver it's definitely a more expensive um, area um i do own so i bought my first place at 23 so i do own a townhouse here um and i do what's called house hacking so i have roommates um for the house in the house that i own so it you know lowers the amount that you're paying towards your mortgage every month to you know Save that money to invest in another property. So, um you know, I hope to have multiple investment properties one day, and you know, maybe start doing flips too if that's something I want to get into. So,
1: yeah, the only reason I ask is because you said um you're good with people and you like to and you enjoy like the I forget the exact words used, but that's kind of exactly why I love what I do is I do yeah. remodels, kitchens, bathrooms, oh, cool. okay. but seeing homeowners faces when they're, when you're done and they say how much they love it and they appreciate what we did. Like, it's like, it's hard to beat that feeling of making someone that happy and excited about the work that you did. So
2: yeah, I definitely know where
1: you're coming from. So
2: yeah. Like my soft spot is definitely like first time home buyers, right? Like, especially in Denver, it's it's pretty Mm -hmm. expensive, you know, and it's a huge accomplishment to become a homeowner. And I, I do like free, I do like home buying classes. I teach classes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I just like, yeah, I really believe in it. And, you know, when I see them on closing day, I'm definitely like, you know, the first person to cry at closing mm-hmm. day. Um, right. But yeah, I definitely keep it in until closing day, but definitely an emotional process. I did that as well at the grid. I like kept it in and then I like walked off and just felt all the emotions. Yeah, me so. and my <laughs> wife
1: are in the, in the midst of building our house right now. So oh, we, nice. it's uh it's a daunting experience. It's really, it mm-hmm. cause I'm going to essentially build it with with subcontractors and stuff. Awesome. It's, it's so intimidating.
2: It is. So and then once you, once you do it though, you figure it out and you're like, Oh, okay. It's not that bad. Almost like with anything, totally right? right. It's like yeah. super intimidating until you do it. And you're like, Oh, okay. I could like, I could do that again.
0: Well, yeah. Like one of my, one of my best friends, uh, his name's Richard. He's up here in the, uh, well, I'm in like the Durham region by uh, Toronto area. So he um, does custom homes and that's kind of how he started was doing like remodels and stuff. price, mm-hmm. And then like, yeah. eventually just uh, was like, i'm just gonna buy property i'm just gonna like give it a shot Mm -hmm. and uh he's never really looked back and and now like he'll sell multi-million dollar homes and stuff obviously with you know subcontractors and stuff but it's it's great and uh they got Uh, a couple houses uh, down in the states and stuff so i'm sure
1: i'll be up there pounding nails at some point when we start breaking ground so yeah Uh, we just got a drawing back so we're still pretty early in it but
0: yeah Ryan Gregnall's a real estate agent too. I don't know if you know that. Oh, so, nice! Actually, yeah. I actually
2: didn't know that. And
0: yeah, Sarah, nice. his uh, wife, is an interior designer. So,
2: oh, um, so they're a perfect couple then. Yeah, and definitely that's something like,
0: definitely something for
2: you guys for to chat about. Yeah,
1: that's like my yeah. boss's father-in-law. He's a um, multi-million dollar house builder as well, and then his wife is an architect. So she designs all the houses, and that's house awesome. And builds them, which is really cool. Yeah,
2: that's a cool. That's that's so fun. That- that's cool. And we
1: benefit because he just make he just gives us all the basements to do. So it's kind of nice. like a family chain.
2: Yeah. I
1: like
0: it. I like it. So Monica, I got a couple of things for you. I listened to quite a few sure. podcasts. So anybody listening to uh to this one. Um the Huberman Lab. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but they have like great stuff on. Uh, he's a um, professor of like neuroscience at Stanford or something. Super okay. smart guy. Does a lot of like breathing techniques, uh, optimize how to like optimize water intake and all these crazy things. So it's like really good to go listen to him. So that was when you're talking about breathing, that was one of the ones yeah. I thought about. And obviously, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. A lot of people do. So they had a, I can't remember his name, Cliff. Ooh, it's escaping me right now, but uh, Cliff Gray um on, and they were talking about, he's in the Colorado area, I think right now, and they're releasing oh, okay. wolves back into Colorado. Have you heard about this yes. or have your homeowners yes. uh, or prospective yes. homeowner, homeowners heard of this? Um, yes. Is this a big topic in Colorado? Is this something that everybody knows about?
2: Yeah. You know, what's so funny is I moved here in 2020 and I had to vote on this and okay. I'm like, I'm like, I heard it was like
0: a ballot vote or something. Oh,
2: it was wild. Well, so I, so something about me is I like, um, I like solo travel. So I love to like go on like solo camping road trips. I did like a two week solo road trip this summer. And um, I went to like, you know, partially to the Western part of Colorado. And, you know, I actually talked to somebody about this and they were ranting about it. And they were like, you know, and it makes sense. They were like, you know, majority of the population in the state of Colorado is obviously Denver Metro. And, Mm -hmm the so they you know if you go by popular vote right we're voting for reintroducing wolves but it's going to be in that part of the state where you know those people are affected by it um so i've heard like both opinions like you know i've heard a little bit of everything i'm kind of like you know i like hearing all the opinions and i can see the pros and cons of it but it's like it's not like a huge thing at least from you know what what I hear in Denver Metro, but it doesn't really apply to us, right? So, like, right. of course, people aren't. Of course, people aren't talking about it as much. But yeah,
0: when I heard it, I was just like, "What?" Like,
2: yeah, it's wild. I like saw it on my ballot. I'm like, "What the hell?" Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, and it's gonna be. I, I guess like, like, it doesn't oh, seem. Colorado. Doesn't seem like a lot, <laughs> but like 30 wolves reintroducing. Yeah. Uh,
1: oh, it no, they'll. It- they'll find a way lot. and they will be a yeah. hundred thousand before you know it yeah as, exactly. as long yeah. as they can survive those because i don't quote me on this but there's in michigan they did it in in the upper peninsula they released like 12 of them because mm-hmm. the, the deer and the moose population was yeah. getting out of hand or something and they tried to regulate it yep and i don't think the wolves ended up they crossed the ice in the up and then stayed on this island and then everything melted and they were stuck <laughs> on the island so it didn't end up working out but it's so sad they yeah. said it, it was like a like when it was winter they said the populations were down like to normal amounts like how and they were yeah. like the wolf population was up and the deer and moose yeah. were
2: I talked to somebody in Wyoming actually this summer who told me that they did something similarly like years ago where they reintroduced I think it was also gray wolves and they all migrated to Wyoming Mm. So it was like this hilarious thing, not hilarious, but like, you know, the people in one state vote for it, and then they migrate to. A yeah, it's state. not
0: like they're like, like, oh, you know, it, you uh, we're at the border. Yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna, yeah, I'm oh, not yeah. gonna cross they the border there. I don't, that's, I don't, yeah. that's my, not my they turf. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Nobody's checking like a passport or anything crossing right. the border right. for a wolf, but they're, <laughs> they're, what's they're what's like they're like they're so beautiful, right? But they're nasty yeah. too, huge. and they're like they huge, yeah, like huge, massive. I mean,
2: I like camping in Colorado. If I was face to face with one of those, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have bear spray.
1: Well, I, guess I would use that. Colorado elk on my bucket <laughs> list, but I don't know yep. if I want to deal with a couple of gray wolves. That's for sure.
0: Well, the thing is, too, if yeah. you're looking at one, then there's more. Oh, there's more. four more, or yeah. five
1: more behind it. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So, Bryce, you got to source out Cliff Gray. Was the one I'm like halfway through his pod, and that's what kind of got me yeah. thinking about this. And like, they dive into it, and it's it's a wild well, thing. And like, he's There's
1: so many like analytics and stuff that go into it. It's insane.
0: Yeah, like he's an yeah. outfitter, so you know, yeah. we're getting way off the golf pace here, but, uh, so <laughs> any- yeah. So anybody who wants to kind of like go out and like, he'll take you out on like an elk hunt or they do like sheep hunting, I guess for like, oh, yeah. like billionaires and stuff. Right. Cause it's, uh, I guess it's really hard <laughs> to get a sheep tag, but so, um, yeah, they were talking about it, it as like really fascinating, but you were saying like, these things are really deadly animals. Like they're mm-hmm. going to wipe out right. populations of, yeah. of, uh you know, domestic dogs oh, and stuff right. that are in those areas. Right. Yeah. They're, like that yeah. was the
2: thing is like, you know, people who live in, you know, Denver Metro, they're like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like reintroduce the gray wolves. And then the people, you know, on the Western Plains are like, uh, maybe not. So yeah, yeah. it's an interesting topic for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One that, uh, definitely didn't feel like we'd get to on the, uh, on the long drive <laughs> chat here, yeah. but, uh, Monica, we really appreciate this. This was great. It was pretty random, I guess, to get into, a talking about gray wolves, but, uh, yeah. but this is the 2023 <laughs> world long drive, Mesquite, Nevada champion, uh, Monica leave, leaving,
2: living, living,
0: yeah. Le- okay. living, 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 to the best of us. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I should have wrote it down, but living. So, um, now we've got a few more events. Uh, yep. how many more yep. on the schedule? Is there seven? Is that right? Or five?
2: Yeah. I think there's about seven, seven yeah. more. I think, um, I think yeah, there's eight one. total. Yeah. Yeah. Next one's hope sound in Florida. And then, um, the one after that will be Denver. So home turf.
1: Um,
2: so so that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just keep on trucking until worlds in October. So.
0: Love it. All right. So, um, anybody who's followed us this far, we were probably supposed to say this 20, 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, something like that, but, uh, head over, uh, Monica's, uh, Instagram will be in the uh, description below, go over, show some support, check it out. Um, You'll post on there, I'm sure, and stuff. But you guys can uh, the World Long Drive page is easy to find. Um, You know, if you want to check out any of the events, catch a schedule, stuff like that. uh, I'll go ahead and link those guys as well, so you can go over and uh, and follow along. And yeah, it's cool. We have uh, we've been able to connect with a little bit of the community, so it's nice. And you post a little bit on uh, social media as well, eh, Monica.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like to. I'm trying to do you know more and more of it, and just kind of show like an authentic journey in long drive, right? Um, And kind of how I you know, progress and, you know, the ups and downs and all of it. So, yeah.
0: It's a, uh, it's a fascinating sport. That's for sure. And yes. I missed the question, but we're, uh, we're running pretty late here and it was just the longest ball you've ever hit. And sorry for, I didn't even see no, who good. wrote it, but it was, uh, I didn't see who wrote the question, but it was, uh, it was the longest ball ever hit, um, whether it be in competition, do you have like an indoor outdoor number?
2: Yeah, I think I, this is a good question. I uh, my longest ball in competition was three sixty nine in Utah and then I hit three sixty two this past weekend in Mesquite, which was lower elevation, so I'm still happy with that one. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I've gotten to three seventy before, but not in competition, so I'm not counting it yet. Um, but yeah, one That's day deep. one one day would like to get to four hundred with hopefully the wind and ground helping.
0: I like that. So. You're just saying like, it's not in competition, so it doesn't matter that's yeah, like no. that's like an mj I mean, so kind like, of quote like, you know like, like in that's practice a, yeah like
2: when i practice on simulators i set that altitude to zero because i'm not trying to give myself any sort of like no sea level
0: yeah <laughs> i like it well thank you monica this was great um again the her instagram handle is in the description below uh head over give her a follow check it out um show some support it's pretty amazing thank you so much this was great uh hopefully like maybe, maybe after this season or um halfway through like we'd love to kind of come back get a recap like that would be yeah. great yeah
2: sounds good thank you guys so much for having me I appreciate
0: is out in my ball and of course i tee up i lose a ball and i rear i miss a fairway i probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach and i'm on a part five and i'm finna go reach it second was blind i see it feel like it might be an albatross case scenario